don't find them difficult. Like some people say that it, they find it difficult to write a love scene. For me, I just, I feel like that's like the ultimate connection between the main characters. Welcome to Steam Scenes, the podcast about... Wait, hold on. Sure, sex is, well, sexy, but it's also sassy and it's silly and it's fun. Hi, I'm El Greco and I write steamy romance. On my podcast, Steam Scenes, I'm joined by my fellow romance authors for some explosive, <laughs> see what I did there? Conversations on writing all the naughty bits. Sit back, relax, and join us for some scintillating conversation on Steam Scenes. On today's episode of Steam Scenes, Tabitha Waite is joining us. Tabitha began her writing journey at a young age. At nine years old, she was crafting stories of all kinds on an old Underwood typewriter. I've got a typewriter story for you. She started reading romance in high school and immediately fell in love with the genre. She gained her first publishing contract with Utopia Press and released her debut novel in July of 2016, why the Earl is After the Girl. That's the first book in her Ways of Love historical romance series. Since then, she has become a hybrid author, published with both soulmate and radish fiction, as well as transitioning into indie publishing. She has won several awards for her books. She's a small town Missouri girl who, who continues to make her home in the Midwest with her husband and two wonderful daughters, um, one of which calls her an internet relic, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> When she's not writing novels filled with adventure and heart, she is either reading or searching for the local antique mall or flea market for the latest interesting find. You can find her on on almost any social media site, including TikTok, and she encourages yep. fans of her work to join her mailing list for updates. Tabitha, thank you so much for being here. Yay! Thanks for having me, Elf. I am excited. Um, me too. <laughs> so, oh my God, where to start? So much. Um, okay, so let's just go straight to uh, I, I, at nine years old, typing away, mm -hmm. typing away. What were you? What were you writing? Oh my gosh! At that time, I was writing just anything that came to my head. Nothing ever got finished because I had so many different ideas. I wrote like fantasy stories. I didn't really write a lot of romance at that age right it was just mostly just like it mostly it was just fantasy stories that I that I wrote or like some kind of mystery ghost story type of thing yeah do you have any of those oh yeah I kept them all no yes that's I so did. cool yeah, some, of them are, awesome. some of them are even written by hand I even tried to illustrate the cover and it is terrible I am not an illustrator <laughs> at all <laughs> But I wanted to set the mood for the story. So that's excellent. So was it the typewriter? Because my mom had an old typewriter, and I used to just love to hear the the, the hear it clack. Yes, yes, hear I I like to hear it clack too. But it you can't really do conventional typing on those old typewriters. No. At least I couldn't You're because it, it's poke and pack over there. Yes, it really was. My fingers would get so sore because yeah. you had to hit him so hard and then all the keys would jam up and you get ink, you know, from yep. the ribbon all over your finger. It was, it was quite the, quite a But task. it felt like an accomplishment to like get the story out because it was so yeah. physically hard. Yeah. yeah. And if you had a bad day at school, you would just come home and you just talk about, you know, make that, you know, person at school be like, I'm going to make them a villain or. Right. Right. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Good um, for frustration. My mom's typewriter, which I, when I cleared out my, my childhood home, I like meant to grab it before I had like the, like people come in and just clear it out. Cause there was just so much stuff and there was right. no way that I could go through it all. And I completely forgot to grab it. And I'm like kicking myself that I just like left it because my mom used to tell me that, um, she was given the type, she, she let the, she let an old boyfriend borrow the typewriter. And we uh, grew up in, I grew up in New England and apparently, oh. um, he was a psychology grad student 
And he like took it up to Boston and the Boston Strangler supposedly typed out his confession on this typewriter. Oh, I wow. don't know if that's true. Uh, <laughs> what a history. That's awesome, actually. I have no idea if that's true. It oh, sounded wow. like my, that side of the family was sort of like big on the tall tales. So I have no idea if it was true. But I was wow. like, I, it was just like such a, a great story. And I was like, oh, well, okay. I need that typewriter. And then I'm just kicking myself because I forgot to grab it. Oh. I know. Well, I don't I don't have my old typewriter either, so don't feel bad. Of course, I didn't have the cool connection there, as far as I know. I mean, who knows? But... Who knows? You don't know. Never I don't know. know where it ended up, but yeah. And it was heavy and oh my goodness. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Just don't so, have it. So you're, you're nine, you're writing these stories. Like, when did you discover romance? Well, that was uh, partly due to my grandma, actually. Uh, my grandma raised me since the time I was two. Uh, and, well, my fourth grade teacher is the one that, like, kind of encouraged me to write. She said okay. she liked reading my stories, okay? And I found romance because my grandma was always talking about – because really, Bridge to Terabithia, after I read that story and it just tore me up, mm. it was so sad if you haven't read it don't. <laughs> no, seriously, seriously, it's a really good, it's a really good book, but it will tear your heart out. It makes you cry. And they yes. made a movie out of it too, yes. Adaptation. And after that, I was just like, oh, I just want something that's happy. I don't want to sit there and read all this time and just, you know, and my grandma's like, well, I used to read these old Gothic romances back in the sixties. You know, they kind of had a little bit of mystery and stuff to them. So I thought, okay, well, I'll give that a try. And most of those back, you know, the, those, old school romances from that time period, I would say they're pretty, you know, clean. So yes. it'd be good for somebody in like late middle school to high school to read. So I started out with that and then went over and went to Harlequin and just, and then it was just like, Oh, I just couldn't get enough romance. Just couldn't get enough. Do you remember the first romance book you read? Do you remember which one it was? Um, I don't, I wish I did, mm. but one of the first ones I remembered um, was Janet Daly. She had the 50 Americana series, the 50 okay. And one of them was Georgia, and it was called Night of the Cotillion. And they were planning a, 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 pa- a party, you know, a cotillion, like a ball. And I thought, oh, that's so nice. No, and 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 it, and it was a contemporary story, but I thought, oh man, it almost sounds like something that could happen in historical times, right? You know? right so right. then I started looking into historical books, and then it's there I go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But now, so, but you haven't sort of officially been writing for very long. Oh, 2016. So that was what five years five five years ago. Five, five years ago. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Were you writing sort of like? private like on the side like quietly yeah <laughs> like well, nobody knows that I'm doing this thing but I'm gonna do um, it well I uh, I've I've always kind of had writing in the back of my head and everything and always kind of you know picked away the computer and whatever but uh I always focused on raising my girls well right. they're 20 and 14 now so whenever they started to get older, where they didn't need as much care, you know, and their toddlers and everything, then I thought, you know, I'm really going to, I still want to be a writer after all this time. And I was 30, 39. Yeah. When mm-hmm. that, when that first book was finally published, but that was the third book that I actually finished. Right. That finally got somewhere. So I, I had been typing all that time, but. That's so fantastic. I really, I, I really love that. I mean, I, I published, I published late too. Um, you know, I, I, I started writing an urban fantasy, not romance. Um, but, and then, and then transitioned uh, to romance, even though I still love, love, love urban fantasy. And I will continue that someday. Um, I just kind of like ended up just going down that romance rabbit hole and here I am. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy to 
you do, it drags you in, doesn't it? You know, but I, I kind of love the, like, I, I just feel this affinity towards you because, you know, I had al- also always written when I was young and when, mm-hmm. when I went to college, I thought I was going to be a playwright and then it was like life got in the way and I ended up getting a job yeah. that was like super intense and like, and I just never, like, I just kind of like had that dream and put it away. But then, yeah. you know, when I hit that sort of like late thirties into the forties, I was like, well, wait, what? Like, what are you doing? You know? Mm-hmm. And it's time to sort of like, you know, dig, polish this, take this out, take this out of the closet and, and go do it and, you know, see what happens. Exactly. I'd, it always been kind of like a hobby. And then I thought, well, maybe what if it could get to be more than a hobby, you know, but my problem was the confidence to get it out there. I was always scared to be like, you know, well, my fourth grade teacher liked it, but that don't mean everybody's going to like it. Right. And then, but everybody still doesn't like it because, you know, you'll find that nobody likes the same thing. So no, you're always going to have, yes, exactly. Yeah. You're always going to have different opinions, but I mean, for the most part, I mean, it's, I think it's, it's doing good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I got a recent review. How do I hate thee? Let me count the ways. I was like, yeah. oh, that's going to be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, oh, well, I'll just, I'll read this review with a glass of wine. <laughs> yeah. And I was just yeah. like, I was just like, you are not my people. You are not my people. You are not yeah. my people. <laughs> yes, you do. You really have to have a, a stiff backbone. You can't let it get to you. You just got to take it with a grain of salt and just say, okay, well, this is why they didn't like it and why, instead of just, oh, I just didn't like it. Okay, well, at least tell me why. Yeah, yeah. I guess guess it's also, I mean, I don't know. It's just, I guess the tones can sort of be like, this was the worst thing ever and nobody should read it. Because they don't. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sometimes they're brutal. They're brutal. They don't hold back. And I'm like, I'm just the person. I just with a dream. I'm sorry. I know. I know. There's somebody on the other side of that that has this dream, and it's just mm-hmm. no, and that I hurts know. because it is. It I mean, there's so much. There's so much that goes into it. You know, I I admire oh, yeah. the writers who can just be like, bad review. Who cares? You know, it's I don't know. It's hard for me. Mm-hmm. It's still hard for me. It is. <laughs> it is. And I don't. I don't always read all my reviews just because I just. I just don't want to have that, you know, feeling mm-hmm. just come over me and just like, well, I suck. I might as well just throw in the towel, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. Like, yeah. 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 It definitely gets easier. Like I know like bad reviews would put me out for days. Yes, days yeah. I wouldn't be able to write. I would just be like, you know, gr- like in a corner, yep. you know, at least that doesn't happen often. Still yes. can happen, but it's not the way not the way it used to. Depends exactly. on the movie, I guess. You, you 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 learn from it as you go, you know, okay, well, they're gonna be out there and they're just gonna be some people are just mean and some people just don't have a problem voicing their opinion and yeah, yeah. to each and their own and well, what are you gonna we're, do? We're still gonna be here plugging away. <laughs> so you were reading the um the gothic romances and which mm-hmm. by the way i love those old 60s 70s gothic romances i really oh, did yeah. those. Uh, so where when at what point did you read like your first steamy because you do not close the door you write very steamy it is oh, yes. all out there so yes. at what point did you discover <laughs> that it, it was so funny too because i gotta tell you real quick like whenever i um got published everybody just assumed because normally I'm kind of quiet and reserved sometimes depends on if you know you get to know me but uh and everybody was like oh they they just assumed I was going to write children's books or something like that and what? Like, no <laughs> a little bit further more adult than that yeah yeah I think everybody there, there's some people that were like pretty surprised they're like wow yours are kind of well one of my relatives read one of my books and it's kind of racy I'm like yeah yeah probably <laughs> probably <laughs> racy <laughs> yeah yeah be but, racy yeah. <laughs> now um when I was in uh upper high school probably uh because grandma you know my grandma was pretty strict you know and mm-hmm. she monitored whatever I read but then when I got older then it was like I could when I could drive especially there's this nice little used bookstore I used to go to and 
I could hide stuff. <laughs> mm. And I would go and I would, I, I always looked, I found out that the thicker books had a little more, bit more juice to them than the little Harlequins. Oh. Yes. Yeah, so, and Zebra was one of my favorite brands at the time. I always look for that little hologram on the cover. And I knew when I found that little hologram, it was going to be a really good one. <laughs> and one yep. And one of my favorite books to this day, I, I've said it a hundred times in different places, but it's Midnight Bride by Kathleen Dryman. It oh. is one of my all-time favorites. It he's uh it is it, definitely an old school romance because he's like this dashing it takes place in America, but it kinda is one of my bridges over to to liking English history is he okay. was a British lord helping out during the Revolutionary War. But he was a British lord oh. that kind of acted, he kind of had a Scarlet Pimpernel type thing going on where he was like this dandy, this fop, you know, and everybody thought he was just kind of ridiculous. But he was also the dashing falcon, you know, and helped out uh, the U.S. with their fight against Britain. So he was kind of, he was working for the America, but... He was a British lord. And I thought, ooh, I love this. <laughs> I oh. love the mystery. You know, that's where some of that, you know, mystery came in. And that was probably one of my favorite love scenes in that, too, because he ended up marrying the heroine in the story. And she thought, she didn't know he was this, the same guy, this secret falcon. And when on their wedding night, she's thinking, oh, well, he's going to be ridiculous, you know, and everything. And then she, she, then he shows his real identity to her. And then she's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. Surprise. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and I love the twist. Just, I mean, the, she wrote it so good. It was just like, you know, just like her jaw dropped to the floor. Just like, oh, well, hello. <laughs> oh, that, that that's great. fantastic! I loved it. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, do it. you have have you always written historical, or do you, or have you written contemporary? Or you're just you just really love historical. Um, I love historical the most. I okay. have written a, a couple contemporary short stories, um, and I'm actually working on a, a new adult fantasy right now that's what i have through radish it's different oh. episodes every week yeah right. the kingdoms of kiernan that was something that had just wouldn't leave me alone so <laughs> i had and i even wrote a a gothic not a gothic uh well i guess it'd be kind of gothic too i guess but a paranormal historical yeah oh it's based on, very cool yeah it was the secrets of shadows and that was the the book that was published through soulmate and it is um, there's a, a Filipino folklore. It's a creature. It's called an Aswang. And most people are like, mm. what in the heck is that? But <laughs> if you look it up, it actually is a thing. And that is what the creature in that story, that's what he was cursed as, is an Aswang. Oh, very cool. How do, I want to jump back for a minute. How do you like writing for Radish? Because you're writing very serialized bits. So how, how yes. do, you, do you enjoy that? Yeah, it's not too bad. I mean, it's definitely a little bit different because um, I want each chapter or episode is what they call them because it's like a right. TV program. You know, you want it to end on like a cliffhanger. And so right. it, but it, it's been different, but, but, but I'm a pantser all the way. I don't plot anything. Me too. Like Yay for the Panthers. Yeah, my character, I mean, I, I might have a general outline of how I want to write a story, mm -hmm. but man, it could go in a completely different direction. It's just like my characters come in and they just take over and tell yes. me their story. And I'm like, okay, I'm just the person writing it down. You're telling me everything. And yep. that's kind of, so it works out with Kiernan because that's kind of the way it's gone with that too. But, but for, so, I mean, I'm trying to sort of, understand the whole serialization thing are they because they are called episodes mm -hmm. are, is it almost like a tv episode where it's a self-contained sort of like a shorter story but then there is kind of like a larger whole or um, is well, it do you know what I mean yeah I well I think I'll tell you kind of how the process works with with radish anyway I know there's other serialized apps out there but right um radish 
each episode has to be like 2000 words or less. So somebody oh. can go in and just like read it real quick on their lunch hour, you know, if they have, have like five, 10 minutes or, you know, if you're in college in between classes, you can read something real quick, you know. So that's, I think that's kind of the whole object of it was just if you're short on time, you can still get some reading in and uh, then you set it up where you have so many episodes release a week. You can do like one episode a week, two episodes a week. For me, I do three. Okay. I have three new chapters that I upload each week. Okay. And do you tend to, do you tend to write week by week or do you have this all planned out and then you just worry about releasing it? Um, I write every week and I try to get in at least 2000 words a day, Right. So 10,000 right. words a week. And then if I write right. a full length novel, I shoot for 80,000 words. So it yep. usually takes me two months to write a book. A yeah. That's kind book. of, that's kind of where I am. I actually like finally yeah. up my word count. Cause I was just so petrified that I'd never hit the goal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, right. I know. I know. And with and when you you know you have life and like I've got a day job and stuff too, so it, it it's cut into my reading quite a bit. But yes, <laughs> yes. I don't get to sit and read as much as I would like anymore. But I yeah. put it in when I can. Same, same. Yeah. So I mean, your favorite. So you're saying like your favorite is your historicals, and I'm curious yes. to you, like, what makes them sexy? What is it about them that makes them sexy? Uh, I don't know. I guess it's just maybe the fact that, you know, she's wearing her skirts and his hand is slowly going up and, you know, it's just, there's, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, and it's the corset just slowly unlacing something, you know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I just love all that. It's just, it's just so much better than, oh, let me unbuckle my jeans <laughs> I don't know. I just, <laughs> that's just for me at least that's just for me I mean that could be nice too I'm sure but uh, it's just I like all the the petticoats and all that so do you have a do you have a um okay so let, let me jump back for a second so your very first did did you just go for it when you were when you very first started writing like you just wrote steamy all the way or did it take you time to kind of like build to that it did take me a little time like my first book didn't have that much steam in it that I actually finished and wrote which I'm actually in the processing of process of totally revamping and rewriting because I like the actual premise of it but I thought after I went back and looked at it I was like yeah, this needs some work. This needs some editing. Yeah. You know, yeah. you just yeah. you just know you can tell that from your earlier work. But by the second novel, and especially the third one, then it was like, hmm, let's get some more action going on in here. <laughs> Yeah. So when you finally sat down and wrote that action, like what was it? What was it like the very first? What was it like your first time? Oh, I guess I guess you just kind of well, in a way, you kind of just draw on your own fantasies. I guess right. Right. And or just like shows that you've watched and you think, ooh, that's kind of nice. And how would it be if they did this instead? Or, you know, one yeah. of my cousins like to tease my husband would be like, oh, I'll never look at you the same way again. Oh. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty funny. I told Doug, I was like, you ought to be walking around all, all proud, you know. <laughs> Because my heroes always make it work. Yeah. Yep. 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 A lot of people have asked me if he is my inspiration. I'm like, well, to a degree, I guess, but I'm not going to sit there going to detail about our, you know, love life on my books. I, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot who it was. I think it might have been Kate, uh, Casey Baker, Kate Baker, who was on the podcast. And uh -huh. I, she said that because we were talking about that. And she said something like, well, nobody ever asks like thriller writers, where'd you hide the body? <laughs> you know? Oh, well, I guess. Yeah. You true. know, like nobody's sort of like, oh, so tell me about that murder you committed so that you could write about it, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> So there seems to be this sort of assumption that we're all here having like the best sex ever and putting it in our books. <laughs> I yeah, exactly. And it's and really it's it's not that way not to impugn my, you know, husband there, but uh it's just yeah, I don't know. It, it's just like 
like I said, it, it kind of goes back to my characters tell me their story. And right. I just feel like sometimes it just comes about and that is just how they connect. Right. I, it, it's hard to explain, I guess, unless you're another author and then you get it. But to somebody yeah. that doesn't write, you know, it's kind of like, so you have these voices in your head? I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a sickness. <laughs> it really yeah. is. That's why we have to write it down because if not, it's just going to take over. And yeah. yeah. You know, it's funny because it's not, I mean, it kind of happens. I mean, it does happen to me throughout the day. I'll be at the grocery store. I'll be like, oh, that's a fun idea. You know, or it's just like, yes. you know, you'll just be like, oh, oh, I like that. Um, And, you know, just either random. I write it down or, yeah, just total random, like, like thoughts pop in your head. Exactly. But I will say, like, you know, I, I do sort of, I, I plants, I kind of plan, but I mostly pants and, mm -hmm. um, and I don't really get it completely until I sit down at the computer and then right. it really starts to kind of come out. Yes. So, you know, like, um, I just like had this great writing moment this morning, actually, where I was like thinking I was going to write the scene one way. And all of a sudden, like, the, like, I was just like, oh, wait a minute. No, she's not going to stand down. She's going to fight and she's going to yeah. do all these great things. And I was like, oh, this is fun. Now this just got 10 times more exciting. You know, yeah. and I just sort of like was able to build this like bigger picture of the character that I don't think I would have gotten if I sat down to actually like outline it. Right. And now, yeah. okay, so then I have a question. Do you yeah. um, do you believe in writer's block or like what do you do to, to help with that? Oh, I do and I don't. Um, mm -hmm. I believe in planting my ass in my chair and doing my words. <laughs> yeah. uh, That's you right. Know. You just have to make yourself right. Yes. Like, you know, because honestly, like sometimes it can, I am such a great procrastinator. I will find yeah. a thousand reasons not to do something. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so I will kind of, there is that part of it, but there are definitely times where I am like, I am just not feeling this yeah. and, um, and it's, and I'm really forcing it and it takes me an inordinate amount of time to get those words out. Right. Um, so I've been trying to do a little bit of prep, whether it's the night before or the morning before I sit down and start writing again, that is just kind of like, okay, this is the scene that I'm going to write. Um, or this is the chapter because the chapters are usually around 2000, maybe a little bit more. And, the, and I mm -hmm. do my 2000 and this is the scene I'm going to write. And this is how I think it's going to go. And what is the purpose of this scene? So I've been really trying to do that to kind of help get over that, that hump, because there are some days right. where it's just like the words aren't coming. Yeah. It's yeah. It could be a challenge. Yeah. yeah how about you? Yeah, well, yeah, that's the same thing, you know, because sometimes you're like, um, I just, I'm kind of stuck. I don't know my characters. They're like off on holiday or something. They're not wanting to talk to me today or, but mm -hmm. you just have to sit down. And sometimes if I go back and read over what I, what, what I've already written, then it's like either it will just come to me or maybe I'll just have to like do something and come back to it. But usually it doesn't, it doesn't take me long to come back to it. I usually get my word count in whether I'm always not, sometimes, you know, it, it might take me longer to get 2000 words in. Sometimes yep. it, it, you know, I could do it in like an hour, you know, the words yep. are just flying and sometimes it's like, oh, it might take me all day. <laughs> just yeah. Different. Yeah. Like yeah. this morning, I think my, I think I did my 2000 and like an hour and a half, two hours, you know, yeah. not the fastest yeah. writer, you know, I don't know how people can write 10,000 words a day. And I'm just like, Oh my God, that's uh, like, that would huge, be a lot. Know? Yeah. And I know people are like, well, I do, I do dictation. And I'm like, I don't know how people can write like that. I can't, I can't talk uh -uh. about my stories there. No. I can't do it. You know, sometimes either. my, my husband will be like, tell me a story. I'm like, no, I can't. And he thinks I'm just <laughs> like being coy. And I'm like, no, really, I can't tell you a story off the top of my head. I need it written down. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like if you want me to type you out a story, yeah. sure. I will yeah. type you a story. It'll take me a few days, but I'll type it. Exactly. <laughs> but I just can't, I just can't like, boom, here's a story. Like, I just can't, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. It yeah, doesn't work that way. way. Yeah. So did, how, what is your approach for steam, the steamy bits? I mean, I know like we force ourselves to sit down and write the damn thing. But like, for, like I know for me, like if I'm going to have a sex scene, it is going uh -huh. to take me a very long time to write it. Like I know it's going to take more time than it normally would. For some reason, I just slow way down. And I'm wondering, like, do you have a process? How, what's your approach to it? 
Uh, well, it's just kind of like if I'm stuck with something, I just sit down and I just write it and it doesn't seem like it takes me that long. Like I don't, I don't find them difficult. Like some people say that it, they find it difficult to write a love scene for me. I just, I feel like that's like the ultimate connection between the main characters and you know, by that point you kind of know their personalities and everything. Cause it's not like it's going to happen normally. It's not going to happen at the beginning. You know, it's going to take a while to progress to that point. So yeah. Yeah. So for you, it's just like, it's just like any other day in the writing chair. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I know, it, I know it doesn't always seem that way. Like I said, for, for some they've, they found it to be a challenge, but I, sometimes the whole writing process in mm. itself is the challenge. So yeah, that's just that another true. part of it. Mm-hmm. That is true. So, okay. So historicals, there are rules. There are lots of rules. I mean, romance has a lot of rules. We have rules, but oh, I yeah. feel like there are mm-hmm. more rules in historical, which is why I won't go near it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. You there know, are and that, some people that are sticklers. It. They want it completely and, accurate. Yes. And so it's not only as the writer of like the accuracy and all of that, but you know, also for the characters, there were certain manners back then. There were certain mores, there were certain, you know, there were just ways. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering, do you find the rules help you or hinder your ability to scheme things up? Um, I, I, th- I like the rules because then it, it makes it, um, because uh, the, you get past, it's kind of like the forbidden fruit. You know, you, yeah, it, it's kind of like that. I, I'm trying to think of the way I put it. You see, I, I got to type out the words. <laughs> Sometimes the words just don't want to come out of my mouth. Yes. <laughs> but basically that's what it is. It's just like the forbidden fruit. Right, right, with, right, With right. the historicals, you know, because you're supposed to be so proper and supposed to act a certain way and supposed to, you know, be like the good girl or and then you decide, no, I don't want to be that way. I'm going to be like this. This is what I, right, right. This is, this is the way that the character is going to behave, whatever way that might be, which is a little bit sexy or whatever. I I guess to the time period, I have actually, and this kind of blew my mind. Like it was kind of like, well, people just really did have sex back then. And I was like, really? (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm naive, yeah. but I was like, whoa, tell me more. Yeah. yeah. It's like, well, how did these people have like eight, nine, ten kids if, you know, they didn't just appear? You know, the stork really didn't just bring them. So, I mean, it happened back then. And the stuff you find in history, it's not, especially in the Victorian era, you'll find that a lot of stuff just was not near as proper as you might think. Yeah, yeah. And there was actually a lot of sex before marriage going on um, at at this point. And I was just kind Mm -hmm. of like, whoa, mind blown. I kind of had no idea. I mean, like, why would you? But I guess also, why wouldn't they? You know, but I guess it was also just this. I mean, you know, I I guess for me, I was like, well, if you got knocked up as the woman, like your life was over. Yeah, because you had to be discreet. You could basically do whatever you wanted. You could have all these affairs and everything else as long as you were discreet about it. Right, right. Which I just am like, oh my God. And how do you even like research that? Like, what what are you typing into Google there? Like the sex lives? (laughs) Well, (laughs) I I mean, like really, like what what are you throwing into the old search engine? Um, well, I guess just kind of, well, and you look at other books too. Like I have okay. uh, books on, you know, manners and and everything. And uh, I can't remember the name of the book. Manners and something in Victorian England and what Jane Austen ate and Charles Dickens knew. I mean, I have all these different. So you, I mean, you have all these research books, and but I don't know. I sometimes I'll just come across something just. Uh, scrolling through social media, I there's this one Facebook group I really like. It's called Vintage Weird. Ooh. And some, yes. Oh my gosh. And sometimes they'll have some really interesting things in there that it's like I've never heard of them before. And uh, so, I mean, it, it just I I find different things. You know, I don't I don't I don't really just say okay, what is sex like in the Regency era? I don't really. Right. <laughs> Just right. type that into the search engine. 
and like, you know, so a lot of it, like I said, it's still fantasy or like a fiction fantasy type thing, yeah. you know, and yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know, but those Victorians were pretty damn randy. I mean, they had there's Victorian porn, and they had those weird yeah. naked lady playing cards, and like they were they were pretty racy bunch. Like, I guess like it just never it never like I don't know I never put it together that I was like, oh wait a minute, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the big the big thing back then was if women had uh, they had a medical they always called it like a medical condition they had hysteria yes so mm-hmm, i don't know if you read about that but the doctors basically they massaged their their genitals basically gave them an orgasm and that was their treatment i actually did not know that yeah <laughs> there's actually a movie i can't even remember the name of the movie now but um it's got maggie gillenhall in it but yeah it's you should watch that. It's very informative. And it, it really was a thing. Yeah. I mean, is that, I mean, but was that predatory <laughs> or was that like, I'm trying no, to sort of, no, no because, because, okay? back, because back then it was all about insanity. You know, you could get uh, put in an insane asylum for anything. Right. You know, if you're, if your husband just didn't want to be around you anymore and it was easier to throw you in an asylum than it was to get divorced. I mean, it could be for anything because the women had no say so. Right. And so with that kind of thing, um, that is actually kind of the start of how uh, dildos were invented. <laughs> vibrators. No. So, yes, it was because oh, the doctors, God, fascinating. because the doctors had problems, you know, with the, their, hands and stuff when you know they would start having issues with their hands and everything so they had to come up with a new way yeah i'm serious it that is actual truth that is that's historical this is like a research rabbit hole that i just would be like (laughs) not coming out of this is fascinating but that's 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 the kind of historical stuff i i stumble upon and i'm just like what I just where do you I mean I didn't learn that in school I didn't even no. learn that like, no, no they're not going to teach you that, that. no that's the cool and, shit though um <laughs> yeah and they actually um instead of getting a divorce sometimes they would have wife auctions and that what would, they would yes, just swap they would just be like yeah. I don't want my wife anymore give me yours like <laughs> no no they, they wouldn't swap they would have an auction and they would put them up on like they would sell them. This sounds actually horrific. That sounds terrible. That that is that yes, that that took place um in one of the one of my favorite books, uh A Rose in Winter by uh Kathleen Woodwiss. She in the beginning of that story, there's uh there's well it's a, a dot it's the daughter that is auctioned off, but Believe it or not, they did have wife auctions, and they had. Uh, I have a novella coming out in the end of May, May twenty eighth, the Harlot's Hero, and yes. in that story, she is the daughter of a courtesan, and it was kind of that was based off of another show I watched that I thought was fascinating called Harlots. The name was the show. Yeah, it, it was on actually, Hulu. Yeah, it was on yeah. Hulu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and. Somebody was like, "Is was a virginity auction really true?" And I'm like, "Yeah," because this was like the Georgian era, so this was a little bit before the what we consider the Regency. But there was a lot of uh, venereal diseases around that time, syphilis and that kind of stuff. So people would men would pay big money to lay with the virgin because they, you know, they were clean and free. They knew they were free of disease. Wow, but there were. <laughs> yeah, I said it's dark history back there. You know, even further back, you go. Um, there was a in England. There was a, a club. It's called the Hellfire Club. Yes, and I've heard I, of the Hellfire. Club. Yes, and they did some really crazy things there too. They did sacrifices and all kinds of stuff, and it was all kind of hush hush because it was another one of those things. You basically could do whatever you want as long as you were discreet. Wow. Wow. See, this is why I love talking to historical. (laughs) (laughs) And that's just stuff. That's just stuff I found. And sometimes it will just make my jaw drop because I'm like, really? You know, really? You 
you you all are so much fun at cocktail parties like i just want to throw a big party <laughs> with all my historical writer friends and just invite my like non-writer friends so that they can all just be wowed because you guys are just have yeah. like the best information and the best knowledge it's it's so cool <laughs> it's just uh it's just you just you don't even know what to say sometimes when you come across this kind of stuff you're just like this really happened but i thought everybody was so proper back then that was i just, know it's just all a facade really it was I just know. like this is what we're supposed to look like on the outside but truthfully <laughs> wow holy shit this is awesome <laughs> <laughs> All right, I want to dig into your steams, uh, your steamy scene, your steamy bits, because it is very steamy. Um, okay. Uh, the Scots, the Scots, but oh, I'm gonna say <laughs> we. I knew I was gonna the bear, Baron, or like as the Scottish would say, Burn. The Scots. Yeah, Baron. that sounds good. I like that. Okay, <laughs> let's go with that. <laughs> now, is this from a series or is this a standalone? No, that was a standalone. It okay. was part of an anthology um, that I had done. It, the anthology was called Lords, Ladies, and Babies. So we just wanted to have uh, stories where there was a baby involved. Because it was not long after uh, Harry and Meghan had Archie. Oh, so okay. we thought, oh, that's, that's so cool. Let's write about some babies. You know, because everybody was on the baby kick then and we were all excited it. and so that that's okay. what I came up with because I had been watching Outlander <laughs> so I was oh. like I was inspired to write about the hot Scott so <laughs> so okay so this is uh, so tell tell us a little bit about the story set the scene up for us so that we know what's happening okay so um Damaris is an English girl and she's supposed you know she's supposed to be doing what her parents want her to do of course and uh they're going to set her up with this guy to she, she's supposed to be engaged to this guy and she just really does not want to be. She's like, I'm going to ruin myself just so I don't have to be married to this guy. So mm. she ends up going to this uh, kind of sketchy party one time and just decides, okay, well, I'm going to meet some guy and he's going to be the one. And then, uh, so she meets the, the hero Callum and he's 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 in England, just kind of like on business, but he's a Highland Laird, and he he's not looking for anything, you know. Uh, he's not really looking for anything. He's just there to do some business and just to move on, and head back home to take care of his responsibilities. And he encounters Damaris. They have a pretty wild night there, and then come to find out that night led to certain consequences and she ends up pregnant oh see now and i'm very curious how that's being handled in historicals because i know often um a lot of the sort of plot twist is that it's actually they're actually having sex with the person that they are betrothed to one way or the right. other right um, and in this case that is not the case so how do you how do you balance that like how do you because real realistically would she have been able to go off and have her happily ever after is this or you know and if not is giving it to her something that historical writers pick apart or no they really are there for the happily ever after and they don't care if that's a little bit you know um, if that it, deviates it kind of it kind of goes both ways most people just okay. like the happily ever after um, but in this case, and I believe it's, you know, it's something that would satisfy historical, you know, gurus too, or whatever you want to call them. But, uh, Damaris was sent away and just under the pretense, and I can't remember now, it's been so long since I wrote that <laughs> book. It's been a few books ago. I don't even remember what I write half the time sometimes, but, um, she is sent to live with her aunt so basically um whenever before she started showing it was just going to be well she's going to go visit her aunt for a while have the baby and come back and act like nothing was wrong that's that's how the story was going to go and she wasn't going to get to keep her baby and then she okay. decided i'm going to keep my baby because it's mine and i you know i don't care if i fit back in society again Right, right. But then she gets her happily ever after anyway. So yes, that's yes, totally yes. like so. It's she sort of she meets back up with Callum. Believe that. I mean, 
Amazing. Um, and and at that point, does she have the baby? She's had the baby, and now she has a kid in tow. And all of a sudden, he's got like the, this Insta family. Or no, it... no, no. She's okay. she's pregnant through most of the book. Um, then when they get to you know, they kind of have their little interaction back and forth. And he's always just kind of, he never knew her true identity. She uh, hid her identity. It was like this masquerade party. Right. And so he didn't know who she was. And then he finally encountered her again. He's like, oh, well, he was, of course, fascinated with her. So he didn't want to let her go. And he just decides that, uh, you know, because this he's, he's a Highland Laird. So this would be the heir to his, you know, castle is whatever. And. So they head up to the Highlands, and then on their journey, she just decides that she likes him too. And she's in the middle of, you know, spoiler alert here, but she's in the middle of giving birth, and the they have the preacher come in and marry him. Wow. <laughs> so then everything will be kosher. Amazing. Yeah. So then yeah. this scene, this scene happens quite early on in the story. Yes. This yes. particular scene. I'm curious, mm -hmm. why did you pick this one out of all your books? What was it about this one that you were like, yeah, let me pick that one? Um, I think it was because she was clueless. She had no idea what she was doing. She didn't really even care what she was doing with who at the time. And and it was and, – and just the fact – he was kind of clueless too. He didn't really know what was going on. He just knew this woman was seducing him. And he thought he was – getting together with someone that was experienced and right. he was quite surprised whenever <laughs> he found out she was not. And so it just kind of threw him for a loop and threw her for a loop. And I think that's why I, why I chose that one. Amazing. I love it. Cause it wasn't, it. you know, cause most of my stories are just, you know, after a time, then, you know, their feelings overcome each other and then mm -hmm. they end up, uh, making love and everything but this one this one was a little different they each were, didn't know what was going on <laughs> I actually really, really loved her age love her agency with the whole thing you know she's like I have a arranged marriage essentially and I don't want it so I'm gonna ruin myself so I can get out of it and then I get yeah. pregnant but I'm gonna keep this baby and like it's like you know she's just like giving a giant like a middle finger over and over again yeah to society which yeah. is great oh yeah, yeah pretty okay. much and Do that it. probably wouldn't have actually happened, you know, at the time. Honestly, she would have probably just had to deal with it and, you know, and end up marrying who her parents wanted her to. But that's that's the beauty of uh, historical romance because it's fiction. It doesn't have to be right. exactly like it was then. You know, let's, yeah. you know, let's make a happy ending when there might not have been at the time. We, we can change their fates a bit. Exactly. Nice. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Going to read this a little bit. Here we go. Okay. Get ready. Okay. Okay. After, <laughs> after a long drugging kiss, his cock already, his cock already fully erect, Colin lowered his mouth to her collarbone. Her skin was cream and soft as silk. And as he trailed a path to the top of her bodice, he tugged down a portion of her gown and freed one of her breasts. When he began to lave her pert nipple, she clutched his shoulders and arched her back. He grinned, for her responses were just as passionate as he'd hoped they would be. Do you like that, lady chemistry, he purred. Yes, she nearly panted. Do you want more? This time she nodded. So he returned his attention to her breasts, sucking and kneading them until their legs were trembling. In one smooth motion, he lifted her into his arms and carried her to the settee and laid her down. He quickly divested himself of his shirt as he began to lift her skirts. Her eyes widened slightly, the brilliant blue of her gaze mesmerizing. Are you going to take me now? She asked. I love this part. I love this little bit. It was like watching a movie. Yeah, I was just sitting here like, oh. Like, yeah, like, every, like <laughs> I was like, it's an moment. audiobook. <laughs> <laughs> but every moment as I was reading it, it was like in my head, like I could see everything happening. Like it was just so clear in my mind. And I mm -hmm. and it was like, you know, like watching like a really great period movie where they're having like this really intense love scene. Um, yeah. Um, and anyway, so I was just like, oh, wow, I really love this, you know, and there is something, oh, e even though this is kind of like, they're having sex, like, it's just sort of like, <laughs> their sex has a purpose that has nothing to do with love or romance. There is actually yeah. something very romantic about this moment between them. Mm hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's just, it's kind of mysterious and it's just sensual and yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause kind of like the setup to the story kind of feels like it could be a little bit like, okay, we're going to do this thing because like this art, the sex <laughs> in this book has a purpose. Like, you know what I mean? And it does obviously exactly. have a purpose. what's going to drive the story forward. But, but you were, but instead of writing it like that there, it does have this layer of, of chemistry and romance between them that also gives you that sort of, I guess th- that the, a yearning for them to get together. That's going to take them through the book, which I think is really kind right. of cool. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. That was my that was my point, you know, point, <laughs> and what I hope to convey to the reader at least. So, <laughs> okay, got another little bit to take us through here. Okay. Um, okay, so she had just said, "How are you gonna? You know, are you going to take me now?" That's where we ended up. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. we're gonna keep going. No, my sweet angel. His hand began to trail up her leg. Not until I taste you first. With that, he bent his head and placed his mouth on the center between her legs. Her hips instantly bucked upward, but when he inserted a finger into her wet passage, she melted into his touch. It wasn't long until he felt the quivers of her orgasm take hold. He lifted his head and looked up into her face and saw that her exposed skin was damp and flushed, her eyes closed in delirious abandon. Her hair hair made of spun gold was starting to escape from its pins and curl around her exposed breasts. Callum's breath caught, for she was the most beautiful creature he'd ever seen. It was going to be a true pleasure to bed this mysterious lady chemistry. Unfortunately, it would, it would likely be some time before she faded from his memory. Without a word, he lifted his kilt and freed his aching manhood. He positioned himself at her entrance and started to push forward. Perspiration began to line his forehead, for she was so tight, almost as if she was untried. But then he quickly shook that image from his thoughts. If she was inexperienced, she wouldn't be someplace like this, would she? Convincing himself that he was only imagining things, he thrust forward and ripped through the barrier of her maiden head, where he immediately stopped, his eyes widening. What the? When he would have pulled away from her, she halted him with a hand on his arm. Please, don't stop. Callum was fighting a battle between lust and honor, but in the end, his urges won, for she moved her hips just so. Damn, Lassie, but you'll be the death of me. Oh, <laughs> oh hey. <laughs> I think that was the first sex. I think that was the first. No, it's it wasn't the first take my virginity scene that I've ever read. Um, maybe out loud, but I don't think it's the first take my virginity <laughs> scene like ever, ever I've read. But I mean, that one was so good. I mean, if you're going to, I mean. That would have been the way I would have liked to have got rid of it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because I like Callum. He was quite the man. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Oh, my God. Like, what a what an amazing hero. You know, Um, which is, I think, I guess you actually had to, you, well, you needed to do that because here he is just kind of like looking for a good time, right? Like, and, and that's usually like a strike for the heroes when we're writing, mm-hmm. you know, those sort of like Randy heroes that just are, you know, looking to do well, the he, dirty, right? He, he's, he wasn't really looking for that. It's just, there was this, you know, mysterious woman that was kind of coercing him and he thought, well, I'm here. Why not? You know, just kind of, he wasn't just like, yeah, he wasn't he like wasn't some guys were. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He okay. wasn't just like some kind of libertine that was just like wanted to get with every everything that he saw. Yeah. Right. Cause, cause that can be hard because we need to have, um, in, in my, in one of my books, um, well, the first book in, in my rockstar series, um, mm-hmm. the main, the hero is kind of an ass through half the book and he's a cat and yeah. he's a rock star and he likes groupies and he, you know, and I never let him cheat. There was never a cheat. No. There was never a, yeah. an actual sexual cheat, but there were moments that you were like, "Hey, dude, what do you, you know, what do you, ooh, what are you doing?" You know, and you're mm-hmm. being a little bit of a dick, you know. Um, <laughs> but they weren't. But they weren't even together either. So it was like it wasn't even like he was cheating on her. But there was, you know. So anyway, and most readers were okay with it, but there were some that were like, "He's cheating," and it's like, "Well, actually, no, he's not." And. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I think in it, well, I think what you call an alpha hole, 
<laughs> or yeah. something like that. Like yeah. they're just totally being an ass. Oh, I like those. I like those characters too. And some of my characters are like that, but, um, and, and I think the whole thing is, yeah, you definitely don't want them to cheat because, um, and, and they just, and they can't be with anybody else after they're with the heroine because, you know, that's the one that's changed them and everything. And that just seems like to be the rule of thumb, honestly. I mean, you they can be a jerk, but they have to put that life behind them. <laughs> right, right, right. And but historicals, you, anyway. Right. And so I know that, I know I was pushing the envelope with that. I think at that point in the story, the, the hero and the heroine had not had sex. They had fooled around a little bit, but there was no sex. Yeah. Right. Um, no, at that point in the story, there definitely wasn't any sex. So I kind of felt like there was a freedom there where I could, you know, yeah, and contemporaries sort of... are a little bit different with that. It seems like historicals. It's like once they meet the heroine, it's like, no, we're not going to be able to have yeah. anybody else in the picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we do have a little bit more, I guess, you know, a little bit more leeway, although that one reviewer who was so angry about it. Um, well, you know, you're going to have those ones. <laughs> yeah, I was so angry. And I was like, oh, but that's not what happened. But okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can write something too, and somebody will read it a complete, you know, they could read it a completely yeah. different way. Yeah, they do read it a completely different way. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess that's why I pay attention to the reviews because sometimes I'm like, oh, did I really not, was I really not clear at that point? Right. Um, but if it's right. like an outlier mm-hmm. review, I'll just be like, okay, they just didn't, they didn't, it didn't resonate with them. They didn't read it right. Whatever right. it was, it just didn't land for them. But it's not something that came through in, in the writing, which is like, phew. And sometimes, I mean, that is a definite challenge is, is writing. And that's with any genre is you have to, you have this picture in your mind. It's so vivid. Mm-hmm. At least, you know, a lot of times when I'm writing it, I mean, it's so vivid and you have to try to convey that to the reader by, you know, show, don't tell that right. you know, my, my editor tells me that a lot too. And it, it, it's difficult to do that. It's like, okay, I got to put my, you just really have to be your character and put yourself yeah. in their shoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm guessing you write dual, it was this, because this was an anthology, I'm guessing, was this a shorter book or was it an 80,000 word book? Oh no, is it novella? It was a novella. Yeah. So uh-huh. did you do dual point of view on this novella or was it straight up from him? Like, cause this is kind of. Oh no, I did both. Had. You did mm-hmm. the dual. Okay. I like to go back and forth between their, between them. Yeah. Right. Right. I have I, never written a story where it's just one point of view. Because I've only written one and I'm kind of wondering, like, does your word count go up when you write two? Because I, like, I feel no, like. No. <laughs> no. Uh, no, not really. I don't, okay. I don't think so. It just helps to to move the story along because you you kind of want to know what's going on there in their head too, or at least I do. Yeah. See, I have a hard time writing male point of view. I just really do. I did. I mean, you know, spoiler alert. Um, in my fourth book that's coming out, uh, I, there is a there is a bonus uh epilogue for people cool. that sign up to my email list that is going to be written. It's my first time writing from a male point of view, um, at least in public. <laughs> not counting the ones I've written and thrown away. Um, right, right. You know, because I think I finally kind of got it. But it's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it can be daunting because, you know, just like not all women are the same, not all guys are the same. So you just have to think, well, you know, what kind of person is this character? And just kind of yeah. go with it from there. Yeah, but also sort of like how would a guy see things you know like would he Mm -hmm. know you know would this would he would this word make sense for him would he would he actually be looking at somebody's shoes or you know like there are like those Uh little moments you know that I think you know writing from the woman's point of view I know okay this character has no idea what she's wearing she just knows she's wearing a pair of jeans but this person knows that she's wearing a seven for all mankind flared but like you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly. We know all the detail. And that and that really, that's the truth. I mean, guys might notice some things, but most of the time if you, like, I'll ask my husband something like, you know, your guy, you know, <laughs> like, right, right. what would you, what would you say to this? You know, I, I ask him sometimes and he's like, I don't know. Right. <laughs> I'm like, well, you're no help. That's, I can't write. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> So. And like there was something, there was something that I wrote that was like for some reason I was like it was really important to me that he sort of like say something about this outfit, and I was like, how do I convey that this is a uh-huh. 
like certain designer, you know, outfit. And it was sort of like, well, I'm no fashionista. And I was, it was flagged. And it was like, would a guy say fashionista? I'm like, I have no fucking idea what a guy would say. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They probably like, I don't know. You just say, I don't know. I don't know. For me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, but I need to convey that he's like, I wouldn't necessarily notice this, but he's got a hot tuxedo on. You know what I mean? So I'm like, oh my God. It's just really, really hard to get that right. So, you know, and and I'm like, it can be a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And so to kind of have to balance like, male point of view all the historical stuff I don't know hats off to you to you historical writers I really don't know how you do it (laughs) (laughs) well uh, and a lot of times too I just I watch a lot of period dramas I just just watch you know just different tv I read other books and you know I just you just kind of I don't know I guess after a while you just kind of do, does it bother you when they get Start the historical bits it. wrong? Does it does that bother you? Um. Well, I don't know. I mean, my my main goal is to entertain the reader. Right. I do try to make it as as accurate as possible, but you know, like I'm not going to have a cell phone in a carriage or something like that. You know, right. you don't have to worry. <laughs> but you know, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lose any sleep over it if you know, something isn't completely accurate. Right. Cause, I'm not. Because, yeah. I mean, at the end of it, it has to be in service to the story, correct? Yes. Yeah. 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 So. I'm, I'm not, I'm not one of those big sticklers. I mean, I, I want it to be, I want it to be correct as much as I can, as much as my research has allowed me to find, but. Right. Yeah. But it's, it's all going to be about the couple and their romance. So you've got a few things. You just uh, just were part of an anthology that came out April 6th, The Young and the mm-hmm. Ruined. And then you've got The Harlot's Hero coming on at the end of May. You've been busy. How many books a year do you get out? This is kind of wild. Um, I don't know, but uh, I think I've got like 24 books out right now. It's a yeah. mix of novels and novellas. That's a lot. So I don't, I don't, I don't really have a certain amount every year. It just okay. depends on what I get done. Like right now, I'm kind of busy because I'm redoing that, the very first book I ever wrote. You know, I told you about that. That right. needed some heavy <laughs> edits. <laughs> so I'm working on that, and I'm doing my fantasy at the same time. So it's been kind of crazy doing two at once. But I should have Kieran's story finished, uh, maybe at the end of this month, if not sometime in May. So then I'll go back to just writing one for a while wow. and so, wait till next year to get, put another book out there of Kiernan. Are you doubling up your word count then? So you're doing 4,000 or are you still in the 2,000 words a day? I'm still doing 2,000. Yeah. Okay. Because the other book, it's already written. I'm just going through you're just and fixing it. Right. taking this, like taking the skeleton of the story and then adding yeah, then gotcha. adding to it. So it's mm-hmm. more of a bigger, it's more of an editing process than a, than right. a whole, whole skit, like a full like rewrite. Yes, I've, yeah. I've got some word count in there that, you know, I can still salvage. Got it. <laughs> but eventually, eventually, yeah, I'll have to go back through it again and probably two or three times just to make sure it's it's how I want it. And then I'll send it to my editor, so. Got it. Okay, so you're all over the internet. Where's the best place to find you? Where Where are you the most? Um, probably Facebook. It okay, like I am the most there. I but I am on Instagram too. I'm on Twitter, TikTok. <laughs> um, <laughs> which <laughs> when uh. that's where I became an internet fossil, according to my daughter. And, <laughs> and now, how many are, are you actually put? Because I'm on TikTok with one video, not posting a thing. Are you actually, you know, other than that one video, because like, I'm kind of horrified by it. Are you doing stuff on TikTok? Like, what are you doing? Like, what do you do on TikTok? It's, what do you do? I know. It's kind of intimidating. Well, I tried to make like uh, a book toss video for my first series for The, the Ways Love. And then, um, gosh, I don't I don't even know. I made a couple of videos about our dogs. We got a, me and my oldest daughter, we have a couple corgis. Oh. Uh, yeah. They're, oh. they're crazy. They're crazy little, but they're so cute. <laughs> and so let's see. 
I'll go to TikTok on my phone and see because I don't even remember. Like, cause oh, I like, made something. What do you do on TikTok? I don't know. Like, I just, I'm like, you know, I'm like, okay, this weekend I'm going to wake a TikTok. And then I'm like, no, I'm not. And then, <laughs> Go clean. I'm going to clean the toilet. That's more fun than making a TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) I have like 21 videos on there. Oh my God. I don't have that many. Oh my God. To me, that's like a mountain. Oh, some some people have a lot more. And it's not just about books. Like uh, I got a car, so I put that on there. And like I said, my corgis. And then I just did one where I was just walking down the road because we live out in the country. So. You know, okay. just different things. I'm going to go stalk you. Yeah, I'm like stalking all authors on TikTok because I'm like, what are you doing? Because I know some yeah, people are I'm, like out I'm there. just under my name. I'm, like, I I'm boring. I'm, <laughs> I don't have any cool handle. It's just Tabitha Wheat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know some people are like making like how-to videos, how to write books, you know, which I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I don't know that I'd really be able to tell somebody uh, how to write a book, you know. Like, I don't like tips, either. Some like, people uh, ask me that. Some people ask me that too. It's like, um. How how do you how do you write? How do you become an author? I'm like, I don't you know. Just you just do write it. The book. Yeah, you just write the book, yeah. right? Like you, you just, just sit down do and write it. The book. And it's like, yeah, and like with um, independent, you know, like when you're doing indie writing, you know, like I upload to uh, Drafted Digital, so it goes to like Kobo and um, Apple Books and Barnes and Noble, and then I upload to Amazon. So everybody is just like, oh, how do you do that? It's like um, you push a button. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's, I mean, that part I can, I could kind of wrap my head, head around, you know, as long as it's formatted and I have a formatter that puts it in the right file. And so, and I have cover artists because I definitely couldn't, I, you know, we, (laughs) I you know, I I talk about some of my older books that I have kept and, and, tried to illustrate and yeah you definitely don't want that kind of cover you want a nice professional cover on your <laughs> you book <laughs> you don't want to be out there drawing it yourself no, no you don't. have stick figures yeah, and, you know, yeah yeah i can promise that you don't you don't <laughs> yeah that's exactly well i'm gonna have all of uh the internet places where you are in the show notes including your tiktok links so uh cool. listeners you can you can find those there if you want to go stalk her on tiktok like i will be doing um <laughs> so Tabitha, thank you so much for doing this this was super fun oh yes this is great thanks for thanks so much for having me fun and enlightening so <laughs> yes, exactly come back anytime i hope you enjoyed the episode Sign up to get email alerts when a new one goes live at lgreco.rocks. And don't forget to five-star us on Apple or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks for listening. See you next time.